Well, good morning again, everyone. My name is Scott. Welcome to Bethany North Online Worship. Glad to be with you here. We're in a new series we started last week called One Another. Uh, this is the teaching about how to be the church, how to love one another, honor one another, serve one another. Uh, week by week from now until Advent, we're going to be building out these different one another's. Today is the theme of honor one another and to simplify things. The title of our sermon today is, get ready for it, Honor one another, based on Romans 12, honor one another. Uh, Will you pray with me now? Jesus, thank you so much for your church and this time and this place. We know it is a difficult and challenging time uh, to continue to lean in to the local church. God, people feel disrupted and scattered after 20 months in our homes. And Jesus, we just pray that you would take this message now and bless and encourage your people, the women and men following you, the young and old. God, draw us closer and closer to your heart. In your great name we pray, amen. So one another's, I'm super excited. I'm excitable by nature, you know that, but I'm super excited about this series because it feels so on point with what the church needs to hear right now. Uh, We kicked this series off last week, the one another's, talking about this, uh, this statement that is in English, two words, in Greek is one word, alelon, shows up over a hundred times in scripture, Jesus and John and Paul. They said, this is the secret to your success as a church. If you, if you love one another, if you honor one another, if you do this one another ring, if you lean in and care for the family of faith, this is, this is, our, this is our success. Like this is actually how we will survive and thrive as the people of God, the secret to our success. I don't know if you saw it. Secret to my success was a 1987 cult classic comedy by Michael J. Fox. And in it is a pretty classic Hollywood trope of the male boy shows up in the big city and gets the you know undeserved access to greater power, dresses up as an executive, and all of a sudden the male boy becomes the leader of the whole company and gets the girl and has the riches. And it's you know, incredible. And then there's in these kind of tropes, there's the big reveal where they're going to lose everything and they're not the executive, they're the male boy. And then the denouement, the resolution is the secret of success. The male boy discovers that his success is who he already was, some character trait. And often the relationship is restored and real success is lived into. The secret to success in the film is living into the character that the person had to begin with. Now, why do I talk about The Secret to My Success, a pretty marginally made movie in 1987? One, I'm a movie guy. I talked about this before. I worked in Hollywood, love film, communicates values, ideas, etc. But for the church in this season, Paul says through Romans 12, the secret to our success will be, get ready, in honoring one another. I mentioned it last week. When we say one another, that love one another, serve one another, it's, these are words not just like to the passerby on Aurora or downtown Seattle or in Edmonds or Shoreline. Right? Like that's good too. But in the scriptures, alelon it was, was a commandment to the people of faith, to the women and men that call themselves Christians. So when we read one another's in scripture, it should ding, 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 ding. It should light for us a signal in our brain, this is a word for God's people. This is a word for the church. And in Romans, what Paul gets to in Romans, in Romans 12, 13, 14, 15, it's this incredible treatise about like, keep the main thing, the main thing. In essentials, unity is really born out of Romans 13, 14. Do not divide. 
Like, okay, Jesus walked on earth. It was easier than we could see him. We could follow him. He would teach. People would come to him. He would say a hard word. People would drift from him. At the end of his life, a few hundred people that called themselves the core team. And then the church grew around the Roman empire in the middle of dissonance, in the middle of distraction, the message of Christ was multiplying. But then as the churches were flourishing, like in Rome, guess what? Trouble happens, distractions happen. The Jews were exiled, they came back. Is it Jew or Gentile? What are our habits? What are our practices? How are we actually a family of faith? In Rome, there was probably about 10 different house churches when Paul wrote the book of Rome, uh, Romans. So the point is that we can look back with a bit of like, oh, it was probably easier then. But for the people of God, the secret to our success is living into these one another's. And it's been hard from the beginning. And we're gonna talk about that in today's message. We are wired for independence. We're often and wired for distraction, certainly for disagreements, but we must learn to, to love one another. And the essence of that, Paul says in Romans 12, is found in how we honor one another, how we outdo each other in honoring one another, how we respect one another. And so the essence of us being a church that really honors one another is rediscovering who we're to honor and how we're to honor. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to talk about who we're to honor if we're Christians and how we're to honor. Let's, let's dive in here. Who we are to honor if we're followers of Christ. We're going to camp out here in the first one another. This is bonus. There are two one another's in Romans 12. Uh, be devoted to one another. Text from Romans 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Super great. Romans uh, 12, 9 through 10a. Be devoted. So who are we to honor? We are to be devoted. And that happens as we, as we honor. That's going to come next. What does be devoted mean? And, and who is Paul talking about? He's talking to the church about other Christians. We are meant to exhibit a level of devotion. Devotion, Greek, it's this word philostorgos, which means cherishing one another, to be kindly and to be affectionate. To, to, to have a, an attitude that permeates our, our, our actions. And this text speaks specifically to the ability of the Christian community to display the glory of God in how we one another each other, how we're in relationship. It's a bit staggering that, that our devotion to the body of Christ actually becomes our devotion to Christ himself. Remember, this is like a leap through the ministry of Christ. Before Jesus came on the scene, what was devotion? It was to God, God alone, right? Like 1 Kings 8, let your heart therefore be wholly devoted to the Lord, our God, to walk in his statutes and to keep his commands as this day. Like that was the teaching. Devotion to the community for Israel was second nature. They were by nature, they were united in the common practices and holidays and traditions and sufferings and laments. They didn't need a lot of reminders that they weren't just individuals. They were a people. They were a people seeking God together in the Old Testament. They, they kind of knew that. They looked to their left. Oh yeah, we are the family of faith. Like they knew that. But once Jesus entered the scene, once he tore down that dividing wall that we become, we become embodied into the very presence of Christ by belief in Jesus, by filling of a spirit, by, by adoption into the family of faith. Jesus has to then make a key point of his ministry of like, as you love one another, you're loving me. That's how we're to, to love God, love one another. 
We talked about this last week. And if you missed it, I really need you to listen last week because we built this out a little bit. It's quite, it's unexpected. Jesus said, it's a new command. It's new. If you love the family of faith, if you honor one another, you're actually loving me. Now that feels to me in 2021, in fall of 2021, that feels new again. That absolutely feels new again to me. Like I know that I'm meant to like worship Christ, be experiencing his spirit, be lived, you know, with my life kind of, you know, living out my values, but that my love of other Christians is a displaying of my love of God that feels new again. And that's what Paul is saying here in, in Romans 12. He says, it's devotion that you'll show your honor to one another. Devotion, like to stick around for a long time. To, to not be blown about by the winds of change. Devotion's fallen on hard times. It's sacrifice, it seems, for other values that seem more urgent of, of action or individualism. But for the people of God trying to become more like Jesus, to honor the Father through the power of the Spirit, we must be marked with devotion. Devotion. And church is more than just what's comfortable or fulfilling in a moment. It's intended to be a spiritual home and homes must be maintained. Devotion is shown through being present, by showing up, by, by sticking around. In order to be devoted, it, it, we're called, every one of us, to see our lives mattering to each other. That the other followers of Christ in this church particular must matter a great deal. That's what the one and others are gonna say over and over and over again, that the family of faith is a countercultural commandment actually, that we must be devoted to one another. As Jesus said in Matthew 18, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there among them. So who are we to honor? Other believers, other parts of the body, uh, the church, First Peter 4, 8, above all, Peter says, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. I love that because it's been really easy in the last 20 months to see the multitude of sins in the family of faith. And I would say it's maybe never been this difficult to love the fellowship of believers and still we must. So here's what I want to say to you about that. Like, honestly, as your pastor, if you listen to this message, I believe that God is on the move in this church right now. I absolutely believe that God is on the move. And it's not just because the Family Fund Center building's coming online. It's not because there's some leadership structure. No, I'm telling you, God is on the move, but I'm inviting you, church. You must join in. You must know that your life matters here. You must know that your life matters to each other. Absolutely, you've got to join in. And our desire as a staff is to, to care for you and to, to, to walk with you and build relationship. But the nature of the church has not been, how much can the staff serve me? It's how do we become God's people together? And in this way, we're co-creators of a new culture. We're, we're co-creators that we get to be devoted to one another. Do we need to learn to disagree with each other and still honor each other? We do, but I'd say in the moment that, that, that we can kind of get to that one later, I think in the moment we need to remember our unity is not because of our uniformity, it's in who Christ has made us to be, his family of faith. And so we are called to be devoted. 
I said it. God's on the move. I'm inviting you, church, join in. You can email Pastor Scott at churchbcc.org and just say, I want to join in. And we'll get you connected to where you want. Like, is it through house churches because you're lonely? We we can help get you connected. Is it volunteering on a Sunday morning at the auditorium because, hey, somebody's got to do it. We got to make that old space just feel warm. Like, we would love to have your help. Is it in the new, like, Pastor Scott at Church BCC, join in. Like, we've got to be devoted to each other. One of the things this church did really well, I've been here since the beginning. Heather and I and a group of about 40 people planted this church in 2010. Very difficult and honestly, one of the most beautiful and wonderful parts of my entire life. And I, there was a story where it was like, when you think of like little inflection points, like when did like church become significant again, where like things really kind of took off and there was just this energy and there's like different moments from 11 years, but there was this specific Sunday and the details are a bit fuzzy because a lot of my stories, like the details are fuzzy, but I need you to know, like this really happened. And some of you were there. It was January, I want to say. It was, I think, it right in the new year. And I, it was chaos that morning. We were meeting in the Spartan gym and I would go and pick up the trailer and drive it. We had two trailers. We would drive it to the gym. Teams, remember those teams? Some of you that were here a long time ago, it was called Make Preparations There. We would set up the stage and chairs and lights and then we would stream portions of the service. So it was January in my memory that, that we couldn't get one of the trailers open because the lock was so frozen onto the trailer. And so we showed up late and I'm in this, you know, frenzy and then the stream didn't work. And we were teaching about community as we kind of stepped into the new year. And I'm like, community, like, look at us, we're a mess. The chairs aren't in the right place and that trailer didn't show up and the stream's not working. And we got up there and I remember we might've even had like snow on the ground. And so a bunch of people didn't even, weren't even able to show up. But what happened was the people that came, it was, we were talking about community in the midst of chaos and something sacred happened. Because in the midst of chaos, community meant something different. And so what I was saying to the people gathered there, like in 2014 or 2013, was like, tune into each other. Become a church that actually knows and connects together. Like sign up for a group or look to the people on your left and right and go get coffee afterwards. And there was a group of people that that Sunday, they told me later, they were literally just sitting, they felt like individuals and they felt isolated. And they're like, well, Pastor Scott just said this thing. Do you want to go like grab lunch? Those friendships from that moment seven years ago still remain today. Because what they heard about community in the presence of chaos felt significant to them. Now, I want to say as your pastor, things feel chaotic right now. Like at large, like in the church, e even for us as we're between buildings and we couldn't get into inside worship with the Shoreline School, like all of the things we've been through feels chaotic. But a message about community, about being devoted to one another, potentially right now, if you can hear it, might feel most, more significant than you've ever heard it before. We need you, church. We need you, everyone listening. We need you to join in, to lean in, because we need to become a, a church of relationships. And, and that's gonna take all of us recommitting ourselves again to being the people of God together. So who are we to be honoring? That is the people of God, it's, it's the church.
It's the church. How are we to honor one another? Let's get there. How? We've talked about who. It's, it's Christians. It's this church. It's getting in relationship with others. But how? How are we to honor? Romans 12. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Now these like these little like commandments almost feel like staccato little like you know these like kind of like proverbs like he's just kind of shouting at him, but it's not. There's an overarching teaching that Paul's saying this is what it means to be the church. This is what it means to join in when God's on the move. That you would be joyful and hope, patient affliction, faith. Like how are we to to honor one another? Honor one another above yourselves. Honor others. Now, honoring others, honor in, in, in Christian terms is honor is created by an inward stance to, of our heart to model the gospel. Matthew 15, Jesus warned, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So as Christians, we're like, oh, okay, Jesus is saying our hearts will, will create honor as we tune into to respecting other Christians and building relationship with other Christians. And all series long, we're gonna build out how to honor and how to kind of live our actions and values as a church. But I just wanna say like our tendency right now, especially coming out of COVID, our tendency is often to honor ourselves. But in Christ, we're called to honor other Christians. Like another warning from Matthew 23, Jesus said, that, you know, woe are they. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the church. They love to be greeted in the marketplace and have men call them rabbi. No, said Jesus, if you follow me, you'll honor me by honoring others. And so as a Christian in this day and age, our honor is found in laying our lives down. We're gonna talk about service, you know, uh, next week. But I just wanna say honor is in laying our lives down in service of our high King of heaven. Honor is not in being the one to win every argument. Honor is often found as we yield. And by our nature of Christ, we don't have to win every argument. We try to see Christ moving in people around us. It doesn't come natural to us because since we were born, every one of us, there is that in us that desires to have our primary needs met. When we hunger, when we thirst, when we need affection, we're wired to seek by nature of our sin nature. We're wired to seek our own gratification. And this ethos in the, in the me first world obviously dominates the worldview outside the church. It's played out in media and marketing and the affection of politicians and sports and certainly social media. But for those who follow Christ, we're called to sacrifice a me first and become a we first community. We, W-E. We must be a church of what's God doing among us. And you just can't do that alone. Jesus said in Luke 14, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So the point is, Jesus is saying, if you lay your lives down, that in that surrender and the honoring others, you will actually be honored. If you want to be honored, live like Jesus. And then Paul goes deeper here. He didn't say honor others. He says, honor others above yourselves. Honor others above yourself. Some translations say, outdo yourself in honoring one another. Outdo yourself. It, it comes from this Greek word, proahimahai, that it means to lead the way for others, to show deference, to, to prefer others. And so the command isn't just like love people or honor people. It would be to outdo yourself in showing honor to others. We're meant to 
outdo ourselves to love other Christians. Philippians 2, 4, have the mind in you that is humble and counts others more significant than yourselves and looks not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. You see this theme woven through the scriptures to honor others, to outdo honor of others means that I must become smaller in order for them to become greater. This is, this is super super challenging for me, at least. I wonder if it is for you. To grow in our faith, devoted to one another, to honoring one another. How does Paul say? Like who, we're called to love the church. How? Paul builds out here in Romans 12. Be joyful, be patient, be faithful. Like pursuing healthy relationships with the family of faith. Joyful, patient, Faithful, the three simple words with concrete steps to take. We know that love is a verb. We know that faith is a verb. You love Jesus, show me. Like, where are you joyful today? Where are you exercising patience with other Christians today? Where are you displaying faithfulness with your church today? To, for this, you know, church in Rome, and, and now for us today, it's like, Paul's saying, if you're going to be the people of Christ, if you're going to experience the goodness of God, you got to outdo one another to honor others. You don't have to win every fight. God's already won. No, you lead the way in laying your life down. You lead the way in making much of the glory of God in others, not yourself. You give honor to that. So the strength of our fellowship is, is when we really learn how that we're honoring others with truth-telling and love and acceptance and respect and, and honoring others, that our lives are connected by relationship. So I just, a practical application for this, because for most of us, when we think about the family of faith, it's, it's in our personal relationships, either with our family of origin, uh, or if we have, it, you know, or if we're in a dating relationship or a marriage relationship, like in our actual relationships with people that are also seeking Christ, this is where like the rubber hits the road. Like I can, I can say like honor one another and like, yes, we'll do that when we, you know, talk about what God's doing at Bethany West Seattle. No, no, it's like honor one another in your home. This is tough news for real relationships for people that are, trying to pursue healthy relationships in their own life with their family of origin, with their children, with their parents, with siblings, with a spouse, with a significant other. How do I honor others? How do I live this ethos out? How do I have a healthy connection with others that honors Christ? How am I pursuing healthy relationships? Well, this is where really, I mean, the work of my wife, who's the marriage family therapist, like, I, everything I know, I just repeat what she said. But what she said and what we've got to say together for almost 15 years of marriage ministry is healthy connection draws people together and draws people to Christ. We've seen this, the three-stranded cord, not easily. We've, we've seen this, that as people pour into healthy relationships, they experience more of the life change of God in them. And the opposite is also true. When relationships are unhealthy or toxic or breaking, people feel cut off from the community of faith and feel cut off from God himself. And so as Christians, as a church, we wanna be pouring into healthy relationships with our children or with roommates, with family, certainly in our marriages. And I'm quite concerned with the way that I've heard from you, the church, like, man, marriage has gotten 
really hard during COVID. We're really struggling. I hear that a, a lot. I need you to know that the scriptures and the science of relationships dovetail here to say that healthy relationships help you buffer the storms of life. One of the stories Heather often talks about when she goes around and speaks about healthy relationships is the fMRI study that social scientists have done this over and over again where they bring somebody into the fMRI machine and they you know take like pictures of the brain and then they shock you know they like stick a needle in their foot or like shock their toes and you know just word to the wise if anybody ever asks you to sign up for like a social science experiment just say no because it's not going to be fun but like they, they've done this like therapists and, and social scientists and they zap the toes and the brain lights up with pain. And then they bring in somebody that has a healthy relationship with this person. I'm gonna hold your hand. I'm gonna touch you on the leg. I can't go in that machine for you, but I'm here for you. And then when they zap or poke or whatever, the, the pain on the MRI machine is drastically reduced. What do we learn there? That pain can be buffered through healthy relationships. Like that's unbelievable the way that God has engineered us. He's made us to love. He's made us to be loved. He's made us though, we do it imperfectly to lean into relationships. And when we're leaning out of relationships, we fill a gap often within ourselves and certainly with God. That same MRI machine, it, it, they'll, they'll do the same experiments, the zapping, the poking, but they'll bring somebody in an unhealthy relationship and they'll have that person sit by the machine, touch the leg, hold the hand. And when the pain registers, there's no reduction in pain. Because if the person that's your support person in the room isn't actually like, or if you're not in a healthy, loving relationship, now when the pain comes, you take it alone. Church, I dare say this is a word for us as his people right now. Many of you are laying alone in the MRI machine. You're feeling zapped by the world. You're feeling cut off from Christ. You, like, it's been hard. And unless we do the work of relationship, of tuning back into one another, working on honoring one another, outdoing one another, like, I, I want you to go to Africa next year when we have a service opportunity, but I, what I want you to do today is, is serve the people that you love. And, and like John 3.30 says, he must become greater, I must become less. That Christ would be so formed in your relationships that you'd be willing to, to lay your life down. And oftentimes we enter into relationship with a 50-50 mentality. Like I'll give my half and if they give their half, then, then maybe just maybe we'll be at 100%. But we're never at 100%. And we're playing a zero-sum game where we're kind of holding things back from one another. No, healthy relationship is I'm, the way Christ loved me, I'm gonna give 100%. I don't have it to give. I'm gonna give you 63 or 47 or I'm gonna just give you all to my kids, to my, to my family. I'm gonna try to lay my life down on the altar of my own selfishness in order that Christ would be formed in me. And then healthy relationship is when that person also lays their whole life in with you. And that's the only chance we've got. Like we're talking about our, you know, our ministry to the world. The ministry to the world starts in your home. How's your relationships? Are you honoring one another? Are you, are you devoted to one another? I'm very worried about our primary relationships. I don't say that as a word of condemnation. I say it to be pastoral. I say it to be encouraging. Paul is saying, if we learn to honor one another, that's the secret to our success. 
as we really say, Christ, change me, open me up, break me on my selfishness in order that I can love better to the people that I'm surrounding today in my actual home, that's the chance for the church to be honored as people live out the glory of God. And so as we wrap up today, I've got so much more to say, but I'm wrapping it up. But this is like this really hard, but it's a good word. Lean in, church. God's on the move, like join in. God's on the move, like join in. What does he want to say to you in your primary relationships? If you're watching this with somebody on the couch right now or listening in the car and you're like, I kind of think he's talking to us because we're not doing well. Know the spirit of God can work a miracle in your life. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. How? Be devoted, love one another, honor each other and do the work saying we're not doing well but I wanna have a healthy relationship with you and, and pray together. God does amazing things when couples and families start to pray out loud together and ask this simple question, which can transform your relationship. How can I pray for you? So now you're listening to the person that you're caring for, bringing those requests to God. Let us be a church that honors one another through healthy relationships. And, and over these weeks we're coming, we're gonna be talking over and over again about like, we gotta be, we got to be the people of God right now. It's never been so hard, but maybe in this chaos, there's a, there's a vision being birthed. Ah, God alive in us, changing the way we're connected to each other, a group of people learning to love one another. That's, that's the move. We want you to join in. We got more to say on that in the weeks ahead, but for now, I'm just going to pray and send us into our day. Jesus, thank you so much for this little text, this little beautiful text that is such an encouragement and such a challenge. God, teach us to, to be joyful and to be patient, to be faithful. God, challenge it, convict us where you want us to be more devoted, where you're encouraging us to outdo where we've been in the past. God, we just pray for the relationships of this church between congregants, between marriages, between people in dating relationships, mothers to children, children to fathers. God, we just, we would ask that you would heal us. You would make us just the glory that you long to fill us with as we learn to love and honor one another. But our secret is nothing but just telling the story of Jesus over and over and over again. Thank you for laying your life down for us and being patient with us as we're learning to, to really honor one another. We love you. In your great name we pray. Amen.